What's up, guys? Uh, coming at you live from the Volvo VNL Studios. This time, I think I am in uh, Knightstown, Knightstown, Indiana. Good old Bobby Knight. Um, so I wanted to come on here today. I got a great guest. Um, his name is Will. Our fathers actually worked together years ago at ODOT. Um, uh, his dad worked, I believe it was in the Rootstown office with my dad in traffic. Um, and, you know, so they kind of knew each other. Then Will stayed in contact with my brother throughout the years, um, helped him out like around the house and stuff. And him and my brother have a great relationship. And uh, so I wanted to, Will was one of the first people to reach out to me as far as coming on, telling you a story. Um, Will's got a great story and I just want to get it out there for everybody. So without further ado, uh, this is my guy, Will Barry. And uh, is there anything you want to just, just say hi to everybody real quick? <laughs> well, just want to say, Hey, say hi. I really appreciate, I really appreciate you doing what you're doing. Um, I think it's very, I think, I think it's, you know, admirable to get people's stories out there not, you know, not just your own, but other people's stories and let people know that, Hey, things happen in life, uh, you know, and, but you can rebound and you can do, you know, it's, it's all up to you. So yeah. yeah I, over. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, funny dude, honestly, Will, I had no idea you were even locked up, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, when you reached out to me, I did like a double take at the computer and, uh, I was like, okay. I was like, well, I can rock with Will. So let's, let's see what happens. So, um, <laughs> so just to kind of start off, Will, um, Tell me a little bit about what your childhood was like. I mean, I, I judging from what my dad said and what I've spoken with Todd, like you came from a pretty decent family, right? Like your dad yeah. was a really great guy, really respectable guy. I know my dad really enjoyed him. So go ahead and just tell me and tell everybody kind of like your childhood growing up, adolescent years, so on and so forth. Who is Will Berry? So growing up, man, I was just, you know, a silly, goofy kid, man. I got, had a had a great great upbringing parents uh you know great mom great dad you know together I was 60 years now um you know they definitely raised me the right way I was I made my own mistakes um you know played sports uh lifted weights I I mean after that I think that's one of the first times I saw you know may, maybe not the first time I saw you but you know in the gym uh yeah. later on in life you know so I mean I really enjoyed a lot you know physical activity playing sports um, you know, mom and dad were awesome. I mean, I got, I mean, nobody can tell me I don't have the greatest parents. I mean, uh, they yeah. did, they, they did right by me. Um, you know, but I'm hard headed kid, you know, I mean, I, you know, I did the same things that dumb teenage boys do, you know, I never was really in trouble. I uh, never really got in trouble. I was more scared of my parents than the cops anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, you know, my dad's six, my dad, big guy, he's six, eight. So he only had to say something and I was, you know, buck right up and do what I had to do. But uh, my adolescence was great, man. You know, did decent in school. You know, I, um, like I said, played sports. Uh, same, you know, same thing as anything, any teenage boy would do that had, a, you know, had a decent upbringing, you know, still rebellious against my parents. Wanna, you know, of course, between the ages of 13 and 18, you know, it all at this point. So, yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, my adolescent years were awesome, man. I, you know, had a great time. You know, I think uh, when I was in high school is when 9-11 happened. Uh, you know, I was going to go and play. I, You know, I thought I was going to go play college football. Uh, and be honest, I wasn't really into school. I mean, school just wasn't my thing, you know, but I did. Yeah. Good, I did well because my mom said you got to do well. Um, but 9-11 happened and I felt like, you know, hey, 
my country needs me. So that's, you know, so I, you know, joined, I joined the military actually my uh, uh, junior year of high school. Uh, they had to sign the papers for me and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, I had a, a, you know, great upbringing. I'm just a silly, goofy dude, man. I like, I like to live life. I like to have fun. I like to make people smile. Um, if I can, uh, I like to be happy myself. And, you know, I had a great, you know, like I said, great upbringing and, you know, my parents were awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I, your brother, you know, I used to cut, yeah. I, that was like one of my first jobs, you know, I go cut his grass, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> even though he didn't need me to do it, he just, you know, he was just, you know, he just was that's like, Todd, oh, man. Yeah. That's, yep. that's Todd. There's times oh. he'd cut the grass and I'd come up to cut it and he'd still give me money. I'm like, okay. how's this work? Can I get, yeah. can I get a few more accounts like this? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Right. But you know, I was about 14 or 15 saving up to get a car and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, yeah, pretty, you know, living on that street, pretty, it was, it was pretty awesome. And I had friends and we played backyard football. I mean, we were just, it was just a different time, you know, there were no phones yeah. and iPads and so I want to roll it back just a little bit because you you made a statement that I that was totally relatable to me and it was you were more afraid of your parents than you were of the law. And mm-hmm. that's how and I find it interesting this day and age that like you have this whole dynamic in the family where overarchingly parent, parents aren't present anymore. It's electronics raising kids and that that fear of your parents just isn't there anymore. And I think that's what that's one of the factors that continue to like contribute to people going to prison, people getting in trouble. But it's also uh, it's it's on the flip side. You have guys where like yourself and like me, we had good upbringings. We had good parents. We had present parents. Uh, We were just hard headed kids. But I think I think our generation was a little wilder than this generation. And I know every generation says that, but looking back on it, like the, the dumb stuff that I did compared to like other kids. And I'm sure you can attest. It's almost like I look at them now and I'm like, Oh, like you're, it just, it, it doesn't really compare on that level, but yeah, I, it, it was super funny because I always remember being terrified of my father. Yes. Not my, and, and disappointing my mother. That, that this, was always right. the, exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, the um, disappointment and the fear of fear of dad because dad, I don't, he don't care if you disappoint. I'm that's he was the authoritarian, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, okay, so so you had a decent childhood growing up, you had a good childhood. I mean, Todd, Todd even said, like, knowing your dad and everything, like, house was clean, house was immaculate. Your dad was a great guy. My dad always said he was a great guy. Um, so a decent upbringing coming up, and so then you joined the military, which I want to commend you for. I think that's super admirable. Um, I There's been times that I wish I would have joined the military. I didn't. You know what I mean? I, I got caught up in that life. But it's uh, I, I respect that you did that. So tell me a little bit more about – so you, I'm assuming you deployed shortly after or you went to base as soon as you graduated. What? Tell me a little bit about your military experience and where you were at. Yeah, so I – so I graduated. I mean, I graduated. I think it was in June or something. You know, having graduation party. And then July, July 9th, I think, is when I, you know, I shipped out. My mom, mom wasn't. My dad was okay with it. My mom really wasn't. You know, she was. I mean, it's just a mom. I mean, war is going on at this point. I oh, mean, yeah. This is, yeah, you know what I mean. And for me, you know, joining it was just something I wanted to be a part of. Something I've always been a person to want to be a part of something bigger than myself and to help out and do whatever I can and help where I can. 
Um, I don't know if that, I, and I think that's just me because, not, you know, in a selfish way, it helps me and helps me to feel a part of, you know, helping and doing. Yeah, something. I mean, I, that's a big part of mental health too, and I think that's a big part of staying on the up and up and stay always progressing. Is you know what I mean? Even if even if you're doing, I'm the same way. You do things for others, and right. it gives you that sense of community, that sense of I'm helping, which also helps yourself, obviously. Helps so me, right. And so joined, you know, I deployed, as you know, ironically, I touched down in Iraq September 11th, 2004, um, you know, and touched down. I mean, and it was, I mean, it was from the, from the time I got there till, uh, you know, I got home. It was, I mean, we were go full, you know, full go. Um, I was wounded uh, in November of 2000. So let me, let me stop you. What, what branch of the military did you enlist in and. Oh yeah, sorry. I was so I was in the United States Army. Uh, my okay. OS was psychological operations. Okay. Uh, my unit was the 350th psychological operations unit. Um, it was a reserve unit. Um, and you know it was you know we knew. I mean I knew before I left basic training that I was going. So 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 psychological unit. Give me a little bit of detail what that is because that sounds pretty badass. But I'm... <laughs> it's. I mean it's basically. It, to put it in terms that it, we're basically, I, I mean, the best way I explain the good cop or the bad cop relationship, you know, you got the guys that go in and bust doors down and do what they do. And then you got us who, you know, we just try to get, we want you, it's the best way to explain it without sounding too. We want you to believe, we, you know, we're, we're, we want you to believe what we need you to believe to get what we need done. Okay. done. Okay. Um, and not, you know, I'm not saying that we lie. Uh, or anything like that but you know there's but there are also things you know that we you know you know just letting people putting information out there to you know my job was basically to understand where I was going and to understand the people and how to communicate with the people and how to get them to do what we wanted them to do without having to do it violently right okay. you know you know people think oh army no you know the army doesn't or, you know, the military in general, is the violence is not the first thing that yeah. they think of. They would rather not do that if they if, if they if they could. But, um, you know, so I was the, the, the portion of, you know, let's let's go once again, helping being a part of something. Now, obviously, things happen. I mean, things happen. It's, it's, it's the military. So, I mean, I you know, I was, you know, you know, our our MOS is part of special operations forces because of. Uh, the th some of the things that we know and the things that we have to do at times. Um, so we had to, you know, there had to be like security clearances and stuff like that. So, I mean, it wasn't, it sounds a lot more badass than it was, but on a day-to-day -day basis, as far as war was concerned, it was really trying to, to preserve, to preserve life. Okay. Uh, when we could. And if we couldn't, obviously you do what you got to do, but uh, that, so I, you know, for, you know, when that job came up for me, I, I jumped at the opportunity, you know, one of our, you know, one of our slogans is to win the hearts and the minds. Like, you know, that we want to, why we don't want to, we would like to work with you. We don't want to just come over there and do yeah bad stuff all the time, you know? So um, it was, it was a very, they didn't want to talk. I'll say that. When I, when I, well, when I, but I, I will say, I appreciate that you explain that because I, I mean, anytime anybody immediately, mentions war or an offensive or something going on overseas i mean i'm the same way i immediately think oh bombs are dropping guns are going off it's pure chaos and while that may be happening it's i don't think a lot of people understand that like 
units like that exist. So right. I'm glad I mean, you put that out there. You know what I mean? Like I, I personally, I knew there was some, uh, I knew there was like, obviously like psychological stuff that goes on through war, but um, to know there's like units that that's that going in and booting doors, isn't the first line of defense. That's, I mean, a lot of people don't know that. So. Right. It, it, you know, once again, and like I said, on the flip side of that, I mean, it's, you know, it's obviously we're going to, we're thinking about America first at this point. So if there are things that we have to do, in order to deceive people, in order to make sure our people are safe. I mean, that, you know, that, all that stuff too. I mean, so, I mean, it was a plethora of things that we were there. Like I said, when I was there, they weren't, they weren't really fond of talking. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a talking yeah. time 2004. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty, like I said, it was pretty, I got there in September and I got wounded in November. So it was pretty intense. How'd you get wounded? Uh, they actually got us at like, it was, we had just got off a mission. And uh, we were going, I think there there was, uh, I believe, some way, somehow, I mean, our base got mortared or rocketed every day. And it was at dinner time. And so we just got back. Uh, I was done for the day, I thought. And uh, mortar hit Chow Hall. And um, I got clipped with some shrapnel in the arm and uh, on my side. And, I mean, it's kind of, I was like, holy, this is not like Call of Duty. This is for real. <laughs> so, yeah, do you, I remember, um, do you, do you remember my cousin, Brian? I don't know if you ever met him. Um, he would have been over at Todd's with me when we were younger. But then again, I wasn't really, I mean, I knew of you back then, but you and I weren't really like, like right. friends or hanging out back then. Uh, he was over there. He was an IT specialist. So he never really even went off base. Um, and he used to, like, we would get phone calls. He would say, he'd be like, they just mortar the base like all day, yeah. all night. Like, and he came back a little a little off from it, but I mean, yeah. I can understand that. Like, that's traumatic, dude. Like, I don't you care what you your lay, job is. Yeah, you lay down and you're going to sleep, and you're like, "Uh, is my bunk going to be the one that gets hit with a mortar tonight?" Like, that's that's terrifying, dude. Like, I wouldn't be able to sleep. That is nerve wracking. That's what I explain to people. People are like, "Well, I was just a cook, or I was just this, or or this person was just that." It doesn't to know that at any moment, at any moment, at any doesn't matter at any moment. Yeah. That you're, you know, doesn't it doesn't even you don't have to die, but you could be maimed or hurt or just at any moment. Right. I mean, they they knew that they couldn't fight us head to head or whatever else, so they do, you know, they go towards the yep. when everybody goes off base, do their missions, everybody else that's there, you know what I mean? So you yeah, know, they're not they're, they were not stupid. So that is a to think that way and to be there, say uh, you're 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 there for a year or whatever. I don't care if you're an IT specialist or a cook and you're just thinking, is today the day? Am I going to get to see yep. my family tomorrow? Can I write that phone call? That is, and I'm, you know, honestly, that's probably par partially what led up to me, you know, ending up, you know, where I did yeah. and the things that, you know, you know, later on, because I was 18 year old, 18 years old. My dad had guns when I was a child, but it was just understood. Don't touch them. Don't, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're here. And so I understood. So I never really shot a gun until the military. So, right. I mean, even for that, that's what people might hey, be tough. Hey, guns, this, that, or the other. Shoot a gun. That's a traumatic thing. If you've never done it, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, it's more than just pulling the trigger. And there's, and there's somebody right. at the end of it. Well, you, you went for, I mean, you go, you go for, I mean, I, we grew up in the country. Like we, we grew up shooting guns. And, but to go into a situation where, you know, there's a body at the other end of it, that's a whole other animal in itself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, right. I, I get that. Um, okay. So, so you go to war, you're over in Iraq. Obviously I can see where like, there's, there's trauma that's like building there. Um, and then, so you come home, 
And how how was your transition home, and what what exactly happened with your charges, or what? Like, uh, I'll let you kind of get into it because I I like I said I didn't even know you had been away or done anything. So go ahead and just kind of explain your transition home, and then go into like where everything started falling apart. So basically, you know, you come home. You know, I come home from overseas. Um, I'm still in the military because I'm in the reserves at the time. Excuse me. And so, you know, for me, what happened, honestly, you're going 100 miles an hour a day and then you come home dead stop, yep. you know, 19, 20 years old. I don't have a job at the time. You know, I'm filing for unemployment. I'm feeling kind of like, and you know, knowing my who my dad was and the way the work ethic, you know, I'm coming home and I don't have a job. No, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't. He wasn't saying anything. It's just how I felt because I was how I was. Right. Raised. I got, and I'm married, young married at that time. I had married in the military. And so. You know, I ended up getting a job and things started happening, but, uh, you know, life was, you know, life was good. Uh, I had a great job with the city, um, but I was numbing, you know, I didn't, you know, I was come, I just came home from war. Um, and so drinking, drinking, I drank, I drank and drank and drank. I mean, I, you know, I couldn't sleep. So I drank to sleep, you know, I would, I mean, there was times I'd take Benadryl just so I could sleep, just couldn't sleep. Yeah. Uh, so I drank and drank. So that was really what happened that's really what started to the, the downfall for me uh was drinking um because I was just not I was numbing I was just numbing and numbing and numbing I didn't go seek any help I didn't you know I didn't go when I didn't want to talk you know I didn't want to talk about it so yeah. it was like why am I gonna go talk about it you know did went to saw then ended up getting on some medications I finally did uh then they put me on some stuff that just made me even more numb than alcohol I mean yeah. it was just I was just a zombie and that's just not, you know, that just wasn't who I was. And so I think all of that numbing, what, 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 what came with that was anger uh, and being just upset and mad, just on edge, all just on edge all the time. So I need a drink. I need a drink to help that on edge. Right. Cause, Cause, yeah. Cause that's gonna, yeah. Because yeah, that helped because that was my, you know, 19, 20 year old way of thinking. I need to drink because this will, it calms me down. Um, you know, couldn't do any drugs or anything like that uh, because I was still in the military. So, but drinking, Hey, you know what? We, that's, that's still illegal for me at this time. Cause I'm not 21, but we don't really frown upon it. You've been to war. So, you know, so then, you know, there was just a situation uh, with, you know, my uh, now ex-wife, uh, that, you know, I was just in a complete, I can't, and honestly, I was in a, just in a complete rage, uh, you know, didn't physically abuse her, uh, you know, hitting or punching her like that, but was just loud and just saying really, you know, probably very scary things to a little, a little, little lady. I'm a big guy at this point too, you yeah. know, I'm in the military and I just came home for more, uh, you know, and so I ended up going. So my charge was uh, burglary and domestic violence. Um, ended up, we were arguing, fighting. Ended up going to, she went over to her mom's house. Once again, I'm drinking. You know, uh, I had went to work and I, it was funny. This is why I know my parents. My, just, my parents are just awesome. My mom said, I was going to work. And my mom said, just feel something. Go to work. Come, come over. It was July 4th, actually. Go to work. Come get a plate. We'll get you a plate. Go to work. Let's go to work. She knew we were, me and my wife at the time were arguing. Just go to work. Did I listen? No, I didn't listen. (laughs) 
here. And so then I go to my mother-in-law's house because that's where she's at. They didn't let me in. I bang on, banging on the door, bang on the door. Door falls down. Everyone, she said I kicked it. I didn't kick it, but I was, once again, I was a big guy. I was still working out. Yeah. And I, it really only took my fist. So <laughs> um, went into the house and it was, like I said, I don't remember a whole bunch of what happened in the house. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was injured. I mean, there was nothing like that. Yeah. I literally was in a one track mind of, I need my, she had my cell phone. I need my cell phone. But obviously there was more to it than that. As far as it, well, yeah. it was going on, that was just my, at that point, whatever's going on with me with the drink and whatever, that was my laser. Phone. I want my cell phone. So I'm going to get it. Tamper. It's a grown man. A grown man tantrum is what I did. Yeah. I, I everything that I got, I deserved. Uh, everything that uh, you know, the trouble that I got into for it, I deserved it. Um, I never discounted it. Never thought that oh, I'm being treated unfairly. Uh, none of that. Well, uh, you know. I, so so. I guess I have to, and I could either ask this in a minute or I could ask it now, but do you, me personally, because you had no prior convictions, you had nothing else on your record, right? Nothing at that point. Nope. So at that point, and this is what sent you to prison? So that was the incident. This is why I said I was treated fairly. I got sentenced to one year of probation okay. for that incident, for which okay. everyone was like, yeah. I made probate. I made it through probation for eight months. Started drinking again. Okay. Got into an, got into an argument. She called the cops, and that was that. In and of itself, was enough. Uh, that was that was enough to, well, for them yeah. to revoke revoke my probation. Um. So then that's what sent me. So that's why I said I wasn't treated unfairly. I had okay. no conviction. Yeah, I wasn't. I made my like I said. I made my own mistake. I was, was I was looking at this like I'm like, dude served in the military. This is his first offense. Now I I'm aware of burglary that type of burglary is an F three because my yeah. burglaries were F two. So the, that's an F three. But even so, you still have to meet certain criteria for that. So I'm like, I'm sitting here listening to your story like they railroaded you, dude. <laughs> like, no, no, but no. no, that makes sense. So you got okay. So you got probation. Um, and then violated your probation and, uh, and then obviously you went down the road. So I'm assuming they gave you noted, did they take you right at probation down to jail or did they give you time to turn yourself in? No, I went. So what happened is I went to pro went, you know, after all of it, you know, after the probation thing and, you know, they sent me the notes, I went to jail for that incident. They did come and pick me up that same day, um, at home. Uh, and I was in jail for about 17 days, got out, got, you know, I was able to get out and then I had to go to a hearing, um, had to go to the, you know, the, um, you know, uh, the hearing, the probation hearing, whatever it was at court. Yeah, I had sure. to go to, yeah. Um, and so I did that and that was actually on my birthday, June 15th. And that's when, uh, I got sentenced to three years. Um, I got sentenced to three years, um, for a violating probation, the judge basically told me, you know, my attorney said, hey, military, this, alcohol. Uh, and the judge basically said, well, yeah, there's been plenty of people that went to the military that don't have issues. So anyway, three years. Have a good day. Is there anything you want to say, Mr. Berry? I'm like, nah, I'm counting <laughs> on my hand. Like, no, I guess not. Like, right. Um, but once again, uh, I didn't get treated so unfairly you know i mean to come from a you know i got charged with an f2 then they dropped to an f3 and one year of probation 
which and then would have wiped it out at that point. Yeah. But I messed. But then once again, uh, addiction. I messed up with drinking, and um, you know I was like, I'm almost done anyway. I can have a drink. You know what I mean? So. Yep. And that's what, you know, for me, that's, that's what happened. Like I said, I wasn't treated unfairly. I, did I want to go to prison? Absolutely not. But I don't think anything, nothing in this world is not ordained by God. I think I needed it. I think, oh, absolutely. I was, I yeah. think that, I think that there would have been there. I could have been in prison a lot longer for something much worse. Eventually had I not gotten that time to, I need God needed to pull me away. He needed to pull me away and get me by myself. You know, they used my military kind of not against me, but like, y'all, you're special. You were part of a special operations and you're dangerous and this. So, I mean, I was in plus, you know, they violent felony or whatever. You know, I'm locked up in myself for 23 hours a day when I when I was at Lorraine. So I had a lot of time to I had a lot of time to think. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, for me, you know, at that point in my life, you know, I have a child. You know, I had a child at, at that time. He was uh, two years old. Uh, I had, um, you know, a wife, well, ex, going to be an ex-wife at that point in a home. And what, you know, my actions has have had just jeopardized my wife and my child uh, and, their li- and how they can live. You know, I'm not yeah. there to make, I can't, you know, she worked as well. But I'm like, I'm not there to take care of my son. I'm not there for my son. I'm not there to make money and help. Um, you know, so I, I've never been one to make an excuse. Uh, if I did it, I did it. If I own, you know, I'm going to own up to it and take my last, take my lashes and go. That's because that's the way I was raised. My mom like, Hey, yeah, I saw you do that. You can lie about it all day, but I saw it. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, I, so, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like you, I mean, our, I'm listening to you talk and I feel like our personalities are very much alike. We're almost the same person. I, because I've always been the, it doesn't matter. You take, you take responsibility. Like they, you know what I mean? I'm caught, I'm caught. Here's what I did, whatever. Mom and dad catch me. Hey, I'm caught. Um, Just talking to you. You can tell like you have a big heart. You're not out to hurt anybody. You want to help people. You know what I mean? And so throughout the years, it's just one of those, you get tied up in shit and the substances don't help. Um, Right. I, I mean, obviously I went a little further down the rabbit hole with the heroin and the, the pills and everything else, but alcohol is just as alcohol is just as awful and terrible it's, as anything else that's out there. It's, um, it's worse. I feel like it's because it's legal. It's worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. And people, yeah, it's not regulated. It's not, I mean, unless you're right. under 21, but even if you're right. under 21, you still have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just wild listening to your stories. Cause I can relate on so many levels. Um, okay. So you go through County and you're deemed like special ops. So they're, they're kind of like, uh, treating you, you're getting the 23 and one, which I, 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 me and my buddy talked about it the other day. I don't know if it's because we're just big dudes, but they threw us in the 23 and one too. I probably for observation to see how we were going to act. Uh, and then we get to Lorraine. So you are, you're obviously you're what? 25 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I was 20, 20, it was actually, I was 2009. Yeah, I was 20, yeah, 25, 25, just turned 25. So, so 25 years old, obviously you haven't been an adult too long and you've, you've been overseas in war. So you're familiar with combat. You're familiar with living in a high stress environment. What was, 
What was it like being at Lorraine where you are walking around with, I mean, you're going to chow and you got dudes doing life. You're walking to chow and you got guys that you know, are in there for crazy shit. What, what what was that like for you? How did you feel? For me thinking that I was about to do three years. The first thing I'm thinking is judicial release. Like I'm not staying in here for three years. So I want to be good. Yeah. I want to do, you know what I mean? I'm obviously, and I'm not the baddest dude in the world. But I know my capabilities and I know and so I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous about anything. I wasn't like, you know, I don't so what you murdered somebody. That's that's cool. You know, I you know, there was guys that there was always there was always gonna be those guys that were trying to be, yeah. you know, tough or whatever. I'm like, it's not I'm not here for that. You know, I'm here to do like, you know, try to I'm here to get the hell out as quickly yeah. as possible. Um, you know, I didn't have uh I didn't have a whole bunch of issues uh in there because i was i kind of stayed to myself so if you you know and you know you'll know this if you stay to yourself and you know you don't really bother nobody you're not doing nothing you're not really associated with it people may not mess with you because you're like i don't know i don't is this is it worth messing with this dude or is it worth you know what i mean or is this not about you know what i mean and so you know i didn't hang out with like i literally i read i read uh you know i worked out uh, I and I got really involved in church uh, and really got back to my faith. Uh, and that's what, you know, that's what my mom said. Hey, two few things that'll put people back to God is prison and the military. And yeah. so uh, I had, I had to put my mindset of why am I here? This is not because this is not, this is not where I'm supposed, this is not the path my life was supposed to. I'm not, the, I'm not that. And I'm not going to say there's typical, but you know, I came from a strong family household. I came from all that, just like you, I came from, all that stuff. And this is not, I'm yep. supposed to be in college or I'm supposed to be doing this. Why am I here? So I had to really take and sit down and do some self-reflection. Like, and that's where I found out, like being here, you, this probably saved your life from something worse, you know, drinking and driving could have killed somebody still yeah. being joke. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or, you know, things like that. So I had to really take that self-reflection and look and say, why am I here? So, you know, me and God had it out. And I'm like, you know, I was mad. I'm like, I can't believe it. I'm in prison. This is, I can't believe it. I got a record. And, um, but it didn't, you know, it hindsight as an older adult man now understanding that probably saved my, that probably saved my life. Cause once again, everything's ordained by God. You know, I'm a heavy Christian. So it's, it saved my life. So, yeah. And I, I, I love that you say that because I've, I've had a couple other guys on that have said the exact same thing. And it's, it's legitimately a, it's a mindset when you get down there, if you go down there that you're going to get caught up because especially Lake Erie, when I was down there, anything you wanted was available. It was, I could have went down there and gotten right back into shooting dope and gambling and doing all the bullshit. You know what I mean? Drinking all the time. And, uh, but I went down there with the mindset of, you know, I, this is just it. It's enough. I've had too much. Um, everything happens for a reason. I'm here for a reason. This is an opportunity. It's not a, I'm not going to look at, yeah, it's a punishment, but I didn't look at it as I, I was going to make the best of it. Right. Um, and I love talking to guys, you, my buddy, Nick, my buddy, Tyler, like they're all, you, we've all been in that mindset of, I'm going down and I'm going to do my time, but I'm going to better myself physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally um, while I'm down there. 
And then these are the guys that you see that come home and they actually do something with their lives. These are the guys that come home and they're okay. They don't go back. This is the 17% of people that don't go back to prison in 10 years. You know what I mean? Post-release. And that's, that's one of the main focal points that I want to get out there in this is you have to understand that if it's you're going to prison or you're coming home from prison, maybe you're in prison and you hear this, maybe you're already out of prison. If you don't change your mindset, nothing, nothing changes. If nothing changes, that was the old, that was, that was the old saying down on the yard, down in Lake Erie that I heard all the time. And these, these boys would just holler, nothing changes. If nothing changes. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and you know what I mean? But it's the truest statement. It's true. ever. Yeah. True statement ever. Like I just didn't, you're it's miserable there anyway. So why are you going to walk around miserable? Try to make the best, like, I, you know, waking up in the morning, like, you know, shit, I'm still here. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. you yeah. know, and, but just making the best of it. And like I said, I was, I was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to do something. You know, I played softball. I played, you know, yeah. they had flag football. They did, I just did stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to make it. Does it suck? Absolutely. But I want to make the best of, you're stagnant right now anyway life's yeah. happening still outside but you're stagnant so you have the opportunity right now to do whatever it is you want to do i mean to whatever you want to do to better yourself within the means that you have there you can do it so i just made it an attempt and i wanted to be tired so then i went to bed you know what i mean so i'd work out all day long i mean i'd work yeah. out five, three times a day water was free i'll take five showers if i want to i mean and so i just wanted to and i wanted to get out i wanted to be a good inmate i mean this quite i mean is how that's not i want i wanted to get out i wanted the opportunity to be able to get out early and so you know i wasn't you know i just wasn't down there on no i wasn't on no bs once again i had a very 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 strong strong supportive family uh extended family you know veteran organizations that i was a part of i had a very strong so the support was there. It was, you know, having the support, people telling me just to hang on, you know. So I already disappointed you because I'm in prison. So I don't want to disappoint you anymore by doing stupid shit yeah. while I'm here. So yeah. when I get, you know, so now, I, and so when I get out, I want you to be proud of me, you know, proud of me again. Not that, you know what I mean? So it was, like I said, man, it was probably looking back, you know, I can't, I couldn't tell you, a, I can't tell, you know, I couldn't tell you what a typical, how a typical day was. It's like, it's so far, like I forgot, like so far out of my head. That's, uh, I, so I have to ask you real quick. Do you, do you remember your DOC number, your inmate number? Nope. Don't and even I remember. love it. I love it. And you know, this is a, this is a point and I'm going to start asking everybody this because I asked my buddy the other day. I forgot that number as soon as I walked out that gate. Cause I was like, I'm not the one, you know what I mean? I I'm done with this. I couldn't tell you. I even asked. I, so the 20th of this month is when I'm going to release all the episodes and everything. Um, September 20th. That was my touchdown date that I came home 10 years ago. Um, okay. So I figured, I figured it would be like a good day to release everything, but I was asking my wife, I'm like, Hey, could you hop on the DOC website and pull up my mugshot and pull up my DOC number? Cause I was just curious, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, it, like put my DOC number on the webpage or something. They've even forgot. They ain't forgot about it. I know it's still in the system. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, but, it's, yeah. it's, but it's 10 years back. None of that's available online anymore. And so to me, that's God. Like, you know, I, <clears throat> I forgot about it. 
a couple of the boys have forgotten about it. And I love, that's one thing I love hearing is when I'm like, what's your DOC? Because you get that DOC number, you almost, and the guys down, down the way, they act like that's like street cred or something. And I'm like, what are you, what are you flexing your DOC number for? Like, right. you know what I mean? So I think it's a bigger flex when I'm like, Hey, what was your DOC number? And you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? No so, clue. all right. That's, so that's cool. So, so you went through Lake Erie. What was obviously going from Lorraine to Lake Erie is a big change. I mean, you go from a reception facility where it's 23 and one 20, that's for people that don't know, 23 hours, you're locked up one hour, you're out. And then you go to a level two facility where it's basically open dorms. Um, I, it's open dorms. You get yard access time where you can go work out. You can play softball. You can go do dips, pull-ups, walk the track. Um, there's a lot more freedom, a lot more um, ability to kind of roam and do what you want and link up with people. So what what was your time at Lake Erie like? It was really um, – actually, and I won't mention names, but I was locked up with a couple guys that I went to school with uh, that were down there. And so coming in, it's really amazing to me how news spreads within a prison. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, people knew that I was coming there before I got there. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. So, you know, I got there and immediately, you know, had you know got taken you know taken care of. You know, this is these are my guys from you know from town and and um you know they were kind of in this they were the same way like what in the hell are you right buried in a prison like <laughs> they literally like there's no way. So anyway, but yeah, so my, you know, down there, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't all, it was awful, but it wasn't, like I said, I had a mindset. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here to leave and never come back. Yeah. So my mindset was, what am I going to do to better myself while I'm here? What, what do I have? What options do I have? And so, you know, I, you know, I did. You know, I did some school stuff, some Toastmaster stuff. You know, I any programs that I was able to get into, I would do. Like I said, I played softball and foot, you know, football. So we had practices for softball. We had football. You know what I mean? So my days were pretty full um, with being able to, you know, do stuff. Obviously, you gotta, you know, it, it, it's 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 coordinated and 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 regulated, you know, by you know guards and everything. But I mean, I had. I don't know, you know, I met some people in there that, you know, obviously, I don't, you know, you don't trust everybody, but I met some people in there that have the same mindset, like, we just want to get the heck out. We want to get out of yeah. here. You know, you know, obviously, prison's, you know, broken up into, you know, uh, black and white and this and that. And then you got the people yep. that just don't give a shit. I didn't care. I don't, yeah. I, I didn't care. You know, I, I grew up in Ravenna, Ohio. I mean, I love, I, you bleed just like I bleed. So I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. care. I don't want to see anyone ever done wrong. If I can, if, if I can help it, I don't want to see, you know, people mistreated if I can help it um, and things like that. So for me, I just took it as this is life. This is my life right now. This is what I got to do. Yep. I got to do it and I got to do it the way they want me to do it in order to get out of here. I mean, that was literally, I want to get out, period, period. No, it's, yeah, it's. It's funny listening to you say that because everybody that I've uh, talked to thus far, it's it's the same mindset. It's the I'm here to just do my time. I'm going to better myself and I'm going to go home. And that's I'm going to keep going back to that throughout these episodes because I 
I, there, that's obviously the common denominator here. You know what I mean? That's the common factor that everybody goes into this that it needs to be the foundation for everybody to understand. You can crawl out of that hole. Like that's mm-hmm. not, you know what I mean? Just because, just because society is going to look at you. I mean, you know, you know me from the streets. I'm the, I love throwing my middle fingers up and being like, fuck society. Like fuck the system. Right. Fuck, fuck what everybody thinks. Like I do me. And if you don't like it, that's tough shit. But that has to be, I hate that society has that. And that's kind of where that mentality comes from. But it's also a a mentality of, I already screwed up once. I'm not doing anything else to screw anything else up, but I'm going to better myself to show society that they can kiss my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally get that. Cause I was thinking about that same way because people, you know, you'll say, I can say, I can look at somebody and say, I don't give a shit what you think, but I do. I do give a shit what you think because yeah. I don't want you to look at me that way. Now I can say right. air. Now as long as I'm doing doing what I know what I'm doing is right, and you still have something to say. Okay, cool. Fuck off. Right. Yeah. But you know, like that's like like you said. You like I want to show this. This is not who I am. What I did in the past is not the person that I am. I no, messed up. And that- yeah, and that that's that's another main goal of this is just to kind of I want I want people to see and to understand like who these people actually are that have these felonies and that there are I've I've made this statement before too, you know. I I know tons of guys on paper that have the million dollar homes that have never committed a crime, still have skeletons in their closet, mm-hmm. still are pieces of shit that'll rip you off, that'll fuck you over in a heartbeat. I also know tons of felon. I know tons of felons that are out working to be better. That would give you the shirt off their back, give you their last ten bucks, um, help you with groceries, what whatever you need, because they've seen rock bottom. They know what it's like to be considered a second class citizen. You know what I mean? Like, and then you've got these other guys that they're just kind of sitting up here on their high horse the whole time because they they just think they're better. And that's that's my kind of view on society with all this is it's easy to look at somebody. I mean, and in this day and age, it's easy to look at somebody and point the finger and be like, well, I don't like the color of your skin. I don't like the fact that you have a felony. I don't like the fact that, you know what I mean? And just base a completely, um, a completely un, uh, what's the word? Unbiased or biased decision. Uh, yeah. yeah unbi- unbiased, like a ju- basically a judgment of just because of. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, so you go through Lake Erie, you've got this mindset. So tell me, when you're you finally get your release date, I'm assuming you went back to county and got your judicial because you said you did a year, right? Yes. Yeah, so what happened is when I got that's why I said I was never treated unfairly. So what happened is I got um sentenced. Hey Will so when I got sentenced hey, they gave me the probation. Hey, right? The judge Will can you-, you might have to go back in because your Wi Fi is cutting out and it's not gonna oh, sorry it's about not that. gonna my bad. Hold on. One no, second. you're good. I, I, I had it. Ha- you're good. It happened the other night and I lost the whole tail end of the video. Okay. Um, yep, nope. Once it starts getting choppy. I, yep. No, I just ran out to the car real quick. But anyway, so I got resentenced. And then so what happened is uh, the judge only put a year over my head. Right. But so when I got resentenced, when they revoked my probation, the judge gave me three years. They can't do that. Uh, apparently, they can't do that. So what happened is when I was I was down in I was down in Lorraine, 
and they came back and they had to resentence me. Okay. Uh, so that I, so because I was, you know, I was slaughtered for three years, you know, that was my sense at that point, three years though, they resentenced me to that year. So what happened is they all, with all the time from County and all that, I had almost been, it would all, it was almost a year anyway. Yeah. So, so they had resentenced me. I went back, I think I went back to Lorraine for a couple of days, went to Lake Erie and I was in Lake Erie for all of five months. By the time okay. they got it all sorted out. So I think what happened is my paperwork got jacked. That's why I stayed at Lorraine so long. Yeah. Um, because they were like, hey, somebody looked at it and said, this guy can't, shouldn't be sentenced to three years because it's not legal. Um, yeah. So I, so I was like, I was in reception for five months, I think something like that stupid. And so, um, so then, yeah, so I went there with, so I was only at Lake Erie long enough, like I said, four or five months, I think it was. Okay. They sent me my release date and I'm like, okay. And then like, even though I'm not saying a thing, I'm like, I'm going to leave this be and see if they just come and get me. (laughs) Right. If they, if if they let me out on that day, I'm going to go. If they say something different, I'm not going to be pissed about it, but I'm like, all right. Ended up, that was the day walked out, you know, thank God knock on wood and pray and I, you know, never, never went back. I, I, I remember those stressors of being called because I had to go back and forth a few times. I had good buddies of mine down there that I had met that were good, solid dudes. They just, and you see it constantly, man. It's, they drag you back to court. They play these stupid games. And it's, I, I always looked at it like you guys have been doing this for how long, how many years. And it's the most dysfunctional, excuse my language, fucked up system that I've ever seen in my life. And they just play with people's time. Like it's nothing like it's like that judge threw three years at you and legally he couldn't even do it. And then you go down and you sit and you're stressing over three years, knowing that that's because I I'm going to be honest, even here in three years, off the top of my head, you know, that's not right. You know what I I mean? He just, but now you're down there and you got three years on top of you and you're like, is somebody going to advocate for me? Is this actually, am I going to sit here for three years? It's just all this. It's, it's all this stress on top of stress on top of stress. And it's people don't understand how traumatic that is over time. People don't understand. And then, and then going back, that's why you have a lot of these guys that they just get sucked in from all that trauma they bring home with them. They don't know how to cope with it. They don't know how to deal with it. And then they're right back in jail. Um, but so, okay. So you came home, what was your, what was the driving force when you came home? I mean, obviously you have a kid, uh, you have one, you still only have one, right? Or do you have more than I have, I have three, I have two little girls and a boy. My boy, okay. it was the, I had had him when I went to, to jail. Okay. So you come home. Um, obviously you have your son. I will, I will tell you, my kids were my driving force. Obviously it was me, but it was, I, I told this story in another episode. I, my, my mom had asked me, she said, what was the, she said, what drove you to not, because when CCA took over Lake Erie, after you had left, it was drugs in there nonstop. They were just Chuck because the, the perimeter detail that state highway patrol that the state <laughs> picked up, it fell on the, the sheriff of the township and the sheriff was short on resources from budget cuts 
So I'm going to post the video. I'll send you the video after here, but it's about Lake Erie. But they they had budget cuts in the past few years. They didn't have the manpower to watch the walls. So when CCA took over, it was just a free-for-all of stuff coming over the walls. Cell phones, tobacco, dope, uh, whatever you could think of. It, they were weapons. They were coming over the wall. And uh, my mom had asked me, she said, you know, what was what kept you sober once you got down there like what was because she was like every she was like uh, she watched the video and she said she was like everything was down there that you wanted and i was like to be honest with you i said the first time and this is all it was the first time that christopher and nevea i didn't see either of the kids through county because my mom didn't want the glass between us and we knew once we got to prison i'd be able to have like touch visits and she thought it would be traumatic for the kids so i was like okay i get it that's fine very first visit, I think it was an hour or two hour visit. I don't remember what it was. Kids are sitting on my lap. I'm playing with them. They're back in the room. We're playing with them. We're playing board games. We're laughing. We're eating. We're having a great time. And they call visit. And I go to hug my kids, man. And they put the jaws of life around my neck. And they were kicking and screaming. And dad, I just want you to come home. Dad, I want to, you know what I mean? And I, that like broke me, dude. Oh, yeah. It was. It, it was, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing out here? So uh, that was kind of my like driving force in staying clean, staying on the up and up and continuing to improve myself. And then I came home and I'm like, you know, I have to show my kids that I'm a fighter. I have to show my kids that I love them, that I'm going to do whatever it takes to stay home for them. That, so, you know what I mean? It was, and you know, my story, it was custody and everything else after that. But so what was your, what was your driving force? What was your motivation when you came home? My son, 100% my son, and to show, I mean, and honestly, you know, like I said, even with, you know, the stuff, you know, my, I mean, my marriage wasn't over at that time. I mean, it was obviously, we were on the rocks, obviously, with everything that had happened, but my driving force was to show, like, this was, a, I, you know, I made a, I made a, I'm first, first time I made a mistake. The second time I made a bad decision. And now, yeah. you know, you only make a mistake. You only make a mistake on the same thing one time. The next time it was a bad decision. And so my driving force was to show my, you know, my my ex-wife and, you know, and my son also that this is not, you know, daddy, this is not, you. this is not who I am. And I didn't see him at all uh, at that point. Um, I didn't see, I hadn't seen him for a year. You know, I hadn't seen, I didn't see him until shortly after, uh, the new year once I, uh, got out, uh, once I got out. So I hadn't seen him for about a year, a little over a year at that point. And to me, like kids don't ask to come here. We bring them here. So, uh, I was like, I'm not, I'm not a part-time dad. Never have, never will be, uh, my kids, you know, and I, I feel like sometimes, and not to go off on a tangent, but society is like diminishing the, the role of a man and it, yeah. you can't, there, it's very, very important for boys and girls. And so, you know, and my mom and dad talked to me about that. And, you know, and, and so he needed, he needed that. He needed, he needed me. Like I knew there was, there was other, you know, he had uncles and stuff like, but he needed his father, his dad. And so my driving force was, listen, I'm going to make sure I can do what I have to do in order to start spending time with my son. I had to do supervised visits and I had to do all this stuff. And I walked line did everything that I had to do, you know? Um, and then, you know, getting custody, you're not, not getting shared parenting. So I have the same amount of time yeah. 
with him that he's mom. And it wasn't out of spite. It was nothing. It's because he needed the same amount of time with the both of us. That was it. I mean, yeah. we, we have a wonderful working relationship at this point, co-parenting. Um, I have a working relationship with, uh, you know, my, my girl's mom. Uh, but my driving force was to listen, this ain't it. This ain't it. I'm not, I'm not going to let this define who I am. I'm not going to let, you know, I thought looked at felonies and getting a job and this, and, you know, I had so many great opportunities, excuse me, great opportunities, great people supporting me. I mean, I went from, you know, I worked at, you know, you know, got a job as soon as I got out, you know, in, in, and work and just continued to, to, you know, statistically, uh, me, and this is just a black male felon. I'm not supposed to be where I'm at right now, statistically. Uh, right. Statistics would say, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking statistic. I'm Willie Berry. That's, you know, so. Well, I appreciate that. That's, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm not. And so I did what I had to do and it wasn't just for me. It was because I had people, you know, regardless. Uh, and that's just the person that I am. I still had a, a, a son, whether she's my wife or ex-wife, I still have an op, you know, I still, I still help do whatever I have to do for you. But if I'm locked up or I'm out here doing stupid stuff, all I'm doing is being a hindrance or a burden. Yep. And so, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been an angel and a saint and I haven't, you know, I haven't been back to jail. Thank God. Uh, but my driving force is my is the people that the people that depend on me and not just for money or not just for but for emotion emotional support for if you're not there you can't support them i mean the people that you know um that that i can help or do like i i my buddy put it to me one day somehow what did he said he was like you know, when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you could be messing up somebody else's blessing because that you might be yeah. that blessing. Buddy. You, well, that, go ahead. But, no. I was going to say, yeah, he just said you might be that, but you know, you know, God, some, obviously God, but me, same thing. He's trying to get our attention. And yeah. he did, he did what, and what, you know, we made our own bad choices, but did what he had to do to get our attention. And that's to get you away from everything and anything that you feel comfortable with and put you in a position that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I find it wild 10 years down the road after I went down the path that I went down after I wished for death on a daily basis, I never had the balls to actually pull the trigger and do it myself, but I find it. It's just wild to me looking back and I'm like, this is where I was. And I, I got my cut. My consequences came, you know what I mean? So, right. Then you, but you come home and you set your focus on, this is why I'm doing this. And it was, it was my kids. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a better son, a better husband, a better, but then, you know, through that process of going through those 10 years for me, anyway, I kind of put myself on the back burner. I, but about five years into it, six years into it, I have my wife. She's really like, she's a big advocate on always stay working on yourself, always be progressing so on and so forth and then so then i start like focusing on me and what's making me happy and so on and where i'm at you know what i mean and you look back and you see all these steps that you've taken and what you're really doing is you're building because like we talked about earlier you and i are kind of the same as where if we're out helping people that's actually doing something internally for us you know what right. i mean so yeah. then i was able to like kind of look back and see that 
you know, I, I got custody of my kids and I made all these great steps and I had, I, I have a really great career and I've built my career up to this point and I have a great wife, a home of, you know what I mean? A relationship with my, a reestablished relationship. And it's just steps. It's one step, one step, one step, one step. And then one day the light just comes on and you're like, you're like, I don't understand why I would have ever been in that situation. You know what I mean? Like I was so miserable and so caught up in all my own shit. And so woe is me that, and it's, it's, I love looking back on it and being able to say where I was to where I am. And I'm sure you're the same way because you didn't get there just by doing what you were supposed to. You did what you wanted to, which was the next best thing. And you basically built a pyramid off it and you're climbing your way to the top. You know what I mean? And you can look back and see all the progress that you've made. And I, 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 that itself to me is now kind of the driving force as well as everything that I've surpassed. I don't want to say that it's down here, but everything that I've climbed and hurdled and jumped over, I can look back and be proud of that. Now it's, I feel good about myself. I feel good about what I'm doing. I feel good about the life that I have. You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those, it's almost like a, I, I, I'm not going to bring AA into it because I, I know no press or media and I respect that, but it's that whole self change um, theory that they kind of preach and come up with like overall in the group. Um, and I love that. It's, it's nothing changes if nothing changes. It's nothing changes, right? So, I, th- I mean, you say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go. I wanted that you, because you, you talk about us wanting to help you know, the, the uh, help one people because it helps us. And then you think, and you look back and then you say, you know, as your wife says, it's always building, you know, trying to build yourself up. We, I, and I can say for myself, you know, always wanting to be, and I think I used this before, not it is I want to be useful to people. Yeah. You know, I would like to be not, and not a burden, like not that I'm, you know, I want to be useful. Not that I'm, you know, just use me or whatever. I want to be useful. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. And then to think, like I said, you have, but you have to take care of yourself. Like I said, and I, when you were saying that it's, it's almost like a catch 22, because that's not the way that we think we think, right. well, I need someone else. I need to help somebody else. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm fine because I'm walking or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm alive, whatever. But I, and so I think, but once you, but thinking about it and like you said building those those steps by steps i've always been the kind of person to look out like further than i need to oh i'm the same way yeah yeah like but just take that you know just take that first step and then you don't have to worry about looking you don't have to worry because you don't know where those steps are going sometimes they go straight up sometimes you're going to go over to the side some things are not going to be and so i think at times i got caught up you know even with you know in and, and building and, con- and t- continuing life. And once again, like you said, you know, not really, you know, forgetting about myself because I have this goal. I have this goal of, I need to do this for, you know, I need to do this. And it's not just necessarily for me. So I got caught up in looking out here as opposed to just taking the first step. So then you, you stumble. So then when you stumble, you, I mean, first thing, you know, I'll be honest, first, when you stumble, first thing I'm thinking of is here I go. Well, it was me. Yep. Here. Yep. Yeah. That, you're Proving people right, or this, that, or the other. You know what I mean? <laughs> people and, right, yeah. So, and it's just like, you know, <laughs> taking that step. And honestly, and I'm at that point right now as well, is like to just continuing to, um, just continuing to better myself so that, you know, I got two little girls, man. 
And I saw this thing that said, would you want your daughters to marry you? And I had to really take a step back, not, not marry, you know, marry a person like you. And I had to take a step back. Like, yeah. My uh, wife asked me, my wife actually just asked me that not too long right, ago. Like, and for the, for the first time in my life, I was able to wholeheartedly and truthfully say yes. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, I definitely, you know, I think, you know, I don't regret the military at all. I mean, it had a lot happen. A lot went on, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't want them. I don't know, uh, military guy, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Because there's not going to be, you know, if he was a, if he's a protector and he is a, uh, you know, a protector or he is a, uh, you know, provider. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I was, everybody has emotions and things that they need to work on, but I, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, since just to kind of, and not to cut you off, but to cut you off a little bit, my wife made a, statement to her ex-husband when we had gotten together and I had had two years home of good, like good time under my belt and her and her ex-husband were going through a divorce and he, which is Flynn's father. And he had made a comment to her. That's the type of guy that you're going to have our son around. And this is why I love my wife. Will. she turned and she looked at him and she said, out of all the people on this earth, she said, I would rather have him around somebody that has seen the pits of hell overcome adversity and is still working to overcome adversity than somebody that checks all the boxes on a piece of paper and has, you know what I mean? Skeletons in their closet. She was like, you don't know him. She said, I've, I've talked to him long enough to, that I understand where he was and that that's not who he is anymore. So yes, that's who I want around my son. So I, I found a lot of value in what she just said there because it's, it's relatable. You know what I mean? Like you, you can look back and at this point say, yeah, I, I, at this point, yeah, I, I want my daughter. Around. I, I want somebody that's overcome adversity in their life and can understand the, the rainbows and sunshine's not always going to be out and they're going to know how to handle it. I want somebody who can navigate the streets if we're ever caught up in a situation. I want somebody that can speak professionally and look professional if we ever have to go have dinner with my parents. You know what I mean? It's kind of like on, it's on all ends. Like you've, um, so yeah, I mean, that's it. I don't regret. And I think I said this earlier. I don't regret anything that I've ever done at this point in my life because it's all been a learning experience. Right. Um, and a, and a building experience and so on and so forth. So I saw a t-shirt, man. This is something that was really cool to me. It said, I think it was Nelson Mandela said it says, if I never lose, if I don't win, I learn. Yeah. I never lose. If I'm not winning, if I didn't win, I learned. And yeah. so that's how I, that's how I look at it. There was a lot of times that I were, you know, there was, once again, I'm, I finally went to, through counseling and stuff for military and, and, and all that stuff. And just understanding, like I used to, you know, I regret it all sometimes. I'm oh, it was the military's fault. No, it wasn't the military's fault. It was your fault. You, it was your fault, Willie. You know, you, yeah. you have to, to do, you just didn't want to. Accountability is huge, man. Accountability is right. huge in getting through your bullshit. And so I was just like, no, it's not your fault. You know, you know, it's not the military's fault. Military didn't do it. You signed up, number one. Number two, uh, you had all the resources you needed and you just didn't use them. You use, you know, yeah. you did what you wanted to do, the selfishness portion of it. And, you know, I don't work. Like I said, I don't work. Everything is ordained for me. Like I said, I know God is sovereign. Everything's ordained by God. Uh, and I, where I am now, where I was then, where I am now, has all been ordained by 
God and, and, and what's going on. Like I said, just doing it when I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, Dude, I want I want to do it just because I want to be able to, like I said, nobody, there's a lot of people that don't know I've ever been to jail at all. Yeah. Um, you know, no, you threw me for, you threw me when I, because I, yeah, I had no idea. And, but that's, and, and, and the reason for that, and, and had I not been to jail, I may not be what I am, you know, I may not be where I'm at today. You know what I mean? I might still be, you know, who knows? Oh, I, I guarantee I wouldn't be, I would be a, had I not walked that path, I would be a piece of shit today. I know for, I, I could say that wholeheartedly, truthfully with my hand of God, I know I would be. I, that's where I'm put. That's where I say, I, where I, I think I would have done something way worse and been yeah. either up worse or got, you know, anything. So, uh, I was just a young, dumb kid. Thank God I'm a man now. I mean, I think, I think I am. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you are too. I mean, I, th I think you've had a great story. Um, I, I think you, you understand the, you understand the dichotomy of what it takes to, you know what I mean? Grow and build yourself and make something of yourself. So for, and this will be one of the last few questions, unless you get me off on another tangent, <laughs> what, <laughs> Coming home from the military, coming home from uh, prison, having to rebuild your life, so on and so forth. Uh, and this is something I'm asking everybody for anybody that might be struggling, maybe looking at jail time, maybe so on and so forth. How do you gauge success? Like what is, what is success to you? For me, success, honestly, it ain't money. It ain't a home. It ain't cars. It's not things. Success for me, honestly, is can I be better today than I was yesterday? If I can do that, if I can be better today than I was yesterday, that's successful. So then <laughs> that, that also goes with that step. So you're still making that step. So for me, I mean, do people want to make money? People want to have nice things, obviously, but that's not what makes yeah. me successful be better today than I was yesterday and to, you know, allow God to, to allow God to use me. That's it. I mean, that's, that, that's my, <laughs> I, I only laugh. What you said is not funny at all. What I mean, I, that's, those were my, so I had my cousin Brian come on and do my very first episode. And he kind of asked me questions. <laughs> and at the end he asked, what's your version of success? And I, I said, word for word, what you just said, as long as you're doing better today than you were yesterday. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's just funny, man, because I, the more and more of these that I'm doing, it's the same mindset. And a lot of those, a lot of these guys just, they don't have the mindset and that's what breaks my heart. That's why I want to do this because I, people need to understand a, not all felons are bad people. Like there's a stigma that nobody ever touches on. It's a topic that nobody ever like bridges um, it's once you get that mark, you're marked. And, but there's this other side of it where you have all these guys that they just get, I was talking to one on Saturday morning, uh, at the barber shop and he, he was telling me, he's like, man, I'm just depressed. Like, I don't feel successful. And I looked at him and I said, you know, do you, can you wake up in the morning and take a breath? Can you wake up and do you have a job? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have, and I said, so that's all you have all your needs. Everything else is just wants, but when you can wake up and you can, you can be grateful for the things that you have in your life and you can rest your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep without worrying about, 
um, cops kicking your door in or this or pending charges or when you have peace in your life, that's my that's overarchingly my definition of success. You know what I mean? If if I want to go get a boat, I can save some money and go get a boat. You know what I mean? And if I want to, but to actually like build yourself back up and to like get out of that, that, that stinking thinking mindset or whatever it is where it's, <laughs> that takes actual work. Like that takes, that takes work. That takes raw emotions. That takes patience. Um, and I, I think once you, once you learn to work on that aspect of your success, um, that's when you really grow and that's when you see the most fruitful results. And that's when you see the most changes and the most progress. And I think right. that's, that's why I asked that question because people need to understand success isn't a dollar amount. Success isn't a truck. It's not a boat. It's, it's you, you are your, are your kids happy? Are your, do you have a good relationship with your kids? Do you have a good relationship with your family? Um, and you don't need all those, but are you happy? Right. Um, so is I there, get... yeah. Um, so, okay. Just rounding this thing out. Is there any, any advice you would like to give to anybody out there struggling, maybe with pending charges, maybe looking to come home? If you're the only thing, only thing I can say is like you said, and I think with us saying the same exact word for word, be better to no matter where you're at, be better. Be, but you're not always going to make the best decisions. You're not always going to be, you know, make, you know, flawless choices. You're not always going to be able to, uh, you know, you're all, you're not, you're not going to always be your best self, but just yeah. be better, be better today than you were yesterday. And that's it. I mean, and, that and do it for you. Right. Yes. Don't do it for the court. Don't do it for your PO. Don't do it for anybody. Even yes. I get that whole like sidebar of your kids and your family, but you have to do it for you. You get, Just like on an airplane, right? The masks come down. What do you do? You got to put yours yeah. on first before you can help. And so I'm glad that exactly you do it for you, because if you're doing it for the court, how long are you going to sustain it? Once courts yeah. will, you know it's what I mean? Be, it's, it's a sideshow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, definitely do it for, yeah. Like you said, do it for yourself because you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself. Yeah. Nobody's, locked up in the freaking cage i mean there are people that do things that probably definitely deserve it but i mean at the end of the day bottom line we're all people god loves us all regardless and he wants to see the best that he wants to see the best from us but we have choices and decisions to make to get there and so yeah. like, you ain't gonna always make the flawless decision you ain't always gonna be your best self but be better today than you were yesterday and that's all i can that's that's i mean that's that's funny that you that's funny that it's, yeah and that's the right difference. On, brother. And that's the difference between people with that mindset. That's thinking, thinking. I'm gonna use that. Now. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I get into it, man. I'll be like, no, man, it's not fair. No, I'm like, dude. dude. I hey, I still fall into it. My, but <laughs> again, that's I have a great woman in my life, and I and she snaps me as soon as she hear, hears me start. She's like, stop it. We're not doing that. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, like, so, right yeah <laughs> quick cry of the biggest baby i've ever seen in my life <laughs> i got a i got a great girl now too man and she's she's the same way yeah. so she'll just say just stop that's all yeah. she'll be like, just knock stop. it off <laughs> <laughs> right on Nobody's well well i greatly appreciate you coming on here man like i i super appreciate it uh you were great i think this is going to turn out to be a great episode 
Um, I would like to have you back on at some point. I'm going to get some, I'm going to, at some point I'm going to start getting like a couple guys on at a time and we'll just shoot the shit. Uh, no, where, where you're at, where you're at at that point, where they're at, like, we'll pick a topic, kind of wrap back and forth, but I absolutely want to have you back on. Um, again, I appreciate you coming on, man. It, it, uh, this is the type of story that we need to hear more of, you know what I mean? Your story, my story, the, the other guy's story. And that's, that's what I want to put out here. And that's what you have. And I'm so thankful. I, I appreciate you. I thank you for serving our country. Um, and more so I, I appreciate the fact that you chose to invest in yourself and just be better and do better. That's it's awesome. So I appreciate you too, man. Like I said, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you bringing, you know, bringing light, you know, bringing light to things. And, and I just, yeah, this is all, I think it's great, man. I think this is, this is all a great idea. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So, all right, I'm going to sign off. I will talk to you soon. I'm going to shoot you a text here when we get off here. Cool. All right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Take it. Be safe. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Bye.